feeling afraid. Uh, I just sense that, you know, the, there's so much fear on our planet. And uh, the media, you know, they say sex sells, but fear sells. There was one news organization that just wanted to do good news, and they, they started doing that, and their audience just plummeted. It, it was just went down. And I thought, man, that is so sad that Americans and people of the world, they want to hear bad news. They want to hear the bad news. But um, I believe as Christians, as believers, we need tell, to tell the world the good news, the gospel. That's what it is, good news. But this is our scripture for the year, Proverbs 3, <clears throat> 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord. With all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We're going to just concentrate on that every Sunday for this year. It's trusting in God. And uh, I do know this. You know, people say, well, you just think nothing bad's going to happen? Oh, no, I'm not that naive. The storms come to everybody in life. But this is what I know, you know, when... Uh, you're constantly hearing uh, even sermons and, and preachers and messages that, you know, it's, it's just bad news and bad news. And it makes you feel like so sad and just cruddy. I dare say that's, that's not, they, di- they didn't end it well. The gospel is good news. And even when Jesus said something bad's going to happen, he always added to the solution, or I'm going to be with you, or I'm going to give you wisdom. He told Pharaoh there's going to be seven years of famine, but what did he also say? Before that, there's going to be seven years of plenty, and I'm going to give you wisdom how to get through the seven years of famine. Amen? He's still that way. He still does that, by the way. But um, as far as fear goes, I don't know about you, but I can't. I was saved when I was seven years old. Uh, the preacher preached about hell. And that if you didn't accept Jesus, you're going to burn forever. I was the first one up there. It was the first message that I ever remember hearing. And, uh, but this is the thing. Is our motivation today to live the Christian life based on love and gratitude for what Christ has done for us? Or is it based on fear of what God will do to us if we fail or if we sin? What kind of relationship do you have with God today? Because I can guarantee if it's the second one, if your relationship with Father God is based upon fear because you're afraid of what God will do. You know, we, did you hear that when you were growing up? I heard that when I grew up. If you don't stop that, God's going to get you. He's going to smack you. He's going to do this to you. And uh, which is, don't ever tell your children that, by the way. Don't tell them God's going to get you. There's enough fear on the planet without them being afraid of God. But uh, what are you afraid of today? I know a lot of people are going to say snakes or whatever, but, uh, you know, but what are you afraid of today? You're afraid of the future? You're afraid of maybe losing your job, maybe losing your home? Afraid of relationships? Afraid of what your kids, the wrong road that they may be going down? What are you afraid of today? There's this minister. I don't know anything about him, but I happened to read this article, and uh, so I'm just going to quote him. His name is Dan Notley, and uh, I don't know anything about him, but I thought this was a fantastic quote. He says this, The greatest problem facing the human race in general 
but the church in particular, is not sin, it's fear. Fear is the only weapon that Satan has, but if you can buy into the lies, if you can buy into the fear, then everything else becomes possible for him. Fear is at the root of all sin, disobedience, all disease, all dysfunctions. He traffics in fear. From the day that, you've, that you were conceived, the enemy is conspiring to rob you of your destiny, to rob you of your giftings and your callings. He can't get at God directly, so he gets at you. The only way he can get at God is by getting at his children, getting at his creation, and his primary weapon is fear. Every experience you have comes attached with a message. Did you hear that? Everything that happens to you, there's usually a message attached to it. Actually, um, comes attached with two messages, but we usually listen to the one that tells us we're not enough, we're inadequate, we're at risk, we're in danger, we can't trust, we cannot trust God. The problem is once you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Then we live in such a way and make choices, choices that actually fulfills that lie. And then we say, well, there it is. It must have been true. Uh, one night this past week, I, I had this terrible dream. I dreamed uh, that there was a storm coming. And I was looking out over the horizon. And it was just black clouds. And it was just terrible and everything. And I woke up, and uh, I was fearful. So I went, and I walked around the house and prayed, and just um, finally I just said, God, is there a storm coming to our nation, to our city, to my family personally? What's going on? Are you trying to tell me something? But I meditated on it and thought about it and just got more fearful and more fearful. And then I was just flicking through some YouTube thing, and this minister said this. And I know this. I know this. But it's amazing things that we know that we just get so blinded to. So this guy said, you know, if you are hearing bad news and it causes fear, hopelessness, you can rest assured that wasn't God. Did y'all hear that? You know, and... I know eschatology, end times, all of those things, those things can be very, very interesting. But I will say this. If it's promoting fear, it's not of God. One amen. If it's promoting fear, it's not of God. <laughs> it's true. And like I said, I'm not naive. I don't think that, you know, everything's going to be rosy. No, it could be hell on earth this year. It could be. But Proverbs 3 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And so many times that's where we fall because we are thinking and leaning. How can we work through this? How can we get out of this? How is this going to end well? And if you don't stick your nose in the word of God, if you don't come into your prayer closet and say, God, I see trouble on the horizon, but I do know one thing. You're the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and you're going to see me through. When the dust settles, I'm going to be standing. I'm going to be standing. We have to believe that. 
And I know many of us, many like you, maybe have come to the Lord Jesus because of fear, because of uh, tribulation. You were motivated to have a relationship with God because of fear. The only trouble is that the kingdom of God is love, and there's no fear in love. Are you hearing me? The kingdom of God is based upon love. It's not based upon fear. 1 John 4, 17, the Passion Translation says this, By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Not when you get to heaven. Right here, right now, today. It's in you. Everything that you're thinking about receiving in heaven, God says, I've placed it inside of you today. Now, you're going to get a mansion in heaven or a place to live and streets of gold. You're not going to see that today. Well, you may see the mansion, but you're not going to see streets of gold, I'm pretty sure. But uh, my point is this. God wants you and I to know there's things inside of us. That it's time for us as the church to start believing his promises so they can be manifested outside of us. Amen. If you go on down one more scripture, 1 John 4.18, this is the New King James Version. It says, there is no fear in love. There is not just 90%. He's talking about 100% no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, and perfect love is Jesus, by the way. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He's not been made perfect in love. So this is kind of like a journey that you and I get on because we need to make sure that we keep fear out. But you don't do that in your own natural strength. The way to push fear out is not to keep saying, I'm a." I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. But it's to embrace the love of God, and that's what causes love to to come out of you. There's four points in those two scriptures I want to bring out. Perfected in 17, 1 John 4, 18. Four of them. First, number one is love was perfected in Christ. He showed us what God was really like. Not this darkened image that a lot of times people get from the, from the Old Testament. People think this is, you know, there's prophets, there's Moses, there's Abraham, all of these guys that knew God, even David, all of them, they said they knew God. But Jesus comes on in the scene and he says, nobody knew God like I did. Nobody has seen God. Nobody understands God. I just want you to know there's, they've gotten glimpses and they've written down some things. But to the point that you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So love was perfected. Number two, when we see him as he really is, we see ourselves as we really are in Christ. The more that you want God to be manifested in your life will be the day the more that you see yourself in him. In him. When we see him as he really is, we see ourselves who we really are in Christ. So We are in this world, but we're supposed to be supernatural beings in this world. Supernatural beings. This speaks to your identity and your purpose. And number three, in Christ there is no fear. To have fear is to not be perfected in love. It's to not be perfected in love. 
1 John 4, 18 says, it talks about him loving us. He loved us first, first. To have fear is have an inferior mindset, and it's against what the Word of God says about us. I've told this story, but I, I like it, so I'll tell it again until somebody can give me a better one. But uh, back in the day before, when they were traveling across the ocean in ship, there was no aircraft at that time. And uh, so there, the ship was, it was full of passengers, and, uh, and they came across, you know, they didn't have GPS. And uh, so they didn't know about weather and radar and all of that. So they got in the middle of the storm in this boat. I mean, it was just getting tossed to and fro, and it looked so dangerous. And all the passengers were scared to death and everything. And in the, the, the dining room area, people were there, and plates were getting tossed across, and, and things were crashing and breaking. And there was this little boy in this little open area, and he was playing with his little toys. No fear whatsoever. None. Finally, somebody came up to him and said, son, do you know the danger that we're in? How, how can you just sit there and play with your toys? Aren't, aren't you scared? Aren't you afraid? Isn't that something for an adult to say that to a child? But anyway, that was what was weird. But the little boy looked up at him and says, no, I'm not afraid at all. Well, why not? Because my daddy's the captain, and he won't let anything evil or bad happen to me. Our father's the captain. But you got to believe that. Bad things do happen, but you got to believe when the dust settles, you're still going to be standing. He is the captain. Number four, this love originated with him, not with us. We learn to love him with his love. Everything in the kingdom comes by believing and receiving. We learn to love by learning how to be loved by God. I thought of this, you know, if you're climbing up a mountain, there's some people that can just climb up and it, they look at this and it's rocky and they have to use ropes and, and pound the, the stakes in and it's very difficult, very dangerous. But you know what? Bless God, we're going to climb this mountain. We're going to climb this mountain for Jesus. We're just going to work and, and just go up. And then on the other side of the mountain, super tall mountain. But it's a chairlift. Is that what you call it? Ski lift? Is it called a chairlift? You ride up it. You're going to the top just like the other people. But it's no work involved. It's no effort involved. You just sit back and you just, if you can picture the most beautiful scenery of this mountain, just ride in that breeze just flowing. Not in the wintertime. This is summer. But... Uh, <laughs> The breeze is flowing, you know. Women's hair is just, you know, those commercials. Hopefully men's hair is not falling out. But, the, you know, it's just beautiful commercial, you know. And everything, just the makeup's perfect, everything. And just, the scenery's perfect, everything. You're on this chairlift, and you go, I just love this. This is so wonderful. This is so great. I just love this. And you get to the top, and you're just happy and rejoicing. And then the other people, they finally get up days later, and they finally get up, and you go, oh, man, we finally made it. And go, Wow, what's, what's the deal? Well, we, you know, we just worked and we just had to get this and we just worked. I feel like that's sometimes how people are when it comes to the love of God. I got to work and make sure I please Him. I got to do everything right and bless God, I'm going to. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this if it kills me. <laughs> I'm getting in the chairlift. 
I'm going to go, man, God, you are so awesome. You're so beautiful. You love us so much. You love us so much. The people who are doing that saying, I'm loving God. I just want you to know, God, I love you. Listen to me. Listen to me. We have to have a revelation of how much he loved us so that you can love other people. I think half the church, more than half, I'm being nice. I think a lot of Christians are, are just not having any manifestation of the love of God in their life. It's because they're the ones that have skinned up knuckles and they're climbing up, you know, the love of mountain, the mountain of love. Yeah, we're doing this. But man, you just think, man, this is hell. This is hell climbing this mountain. It is if that's the way you're trying to get to it. But God wants you to know that when you have a revelation of love, your fear problem is going to be minute. And I'm talking about any kind of fear, whether it's fear of losing your job, whether it's fear of the future, whether it's fear of COVID or any other Ebola or some disease that's not even been on the planet. Is it a real disease? Absolutely. I'm not trying to take it lightly, but I am saying this, ladies and gentlemen. There is something more powerful than COVID. There is something more powerful than Ebola or any other disease that the enemy wants to bring on this planet. The blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus is far greater. But you and I have to believe that. We have to believe that. What do you believe in? I just know that when we have a revelation of how much God loves us, it causes that disease to be minute instead of being Pike's Peak. And I know there's maybe a lot of you that are fearful of that, so this message is to help you. I'm not saying that we just live, you know, dangerously in life. I've done that. Melody says, you did some really dumb things when you were growing up. It's the miracle of God that I'm here today. There's just some dumb things. They say your synapses for men don't connect to your mid-20s. I think I've disproved that. So anyway, it took longer than the mid-20s for all of mine to connect. She may think they're still working on that. But anyway, we have to trust God with everything within us. I believe that we, if we have a supernatural trust of God, that he's going to show just of what we sung about today. He's faithful. He's faithful. Trust God with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. And by the way, this is what God says about getting people into the kingdom. Instead of by fear or punishment, Romans 2.4. Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he's been to you? Don't mistake the tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? King James Version says it's his kindness that brings you into repentance. The Amplified says it this way, the last part of that, to repent, to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will. You see, repent doesn't mean just to ask God to forgive you. Repent actually means you've been thinking wrongly. Now, line up. It's a 180-degree turn. Repent means 180 degrees. Instead of just going the way that you're going, turn around, repent, and change the way that you are thinking about God. That's what repentance means. Change the way that you think. I'm just about out of time. Actually, they said I'm out of time. James 1.12, real quick. If your faith remains strong, 
even while surrounded by life's difficulties. Here you go. This is the word. You're going to be surrounded by life's difficulties. But if your faith remains strong, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. That's not my opinion. That's God speaking to you and me today. It says, even though life can be difficult, if your faith, re- God puts the, the ball in your court. We keep trying to hit the ball back in God's court, and he says, no, it's your serve. It's you, your serve. The ball is in your court. So be strong, and if you are strong, you're going to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. Fear wants to rob you of those untold blessings. Fear wants to rob you of those untold blessings. Wants to keep you from believing. Every pain you experience, every circumstance that you have is trying to remind you that his word is not true. That he's not faithful. You see, we'll never know the untold blessings or experience the true happiness unless we know and live in the faith that is inside of us. Concentrate on him. Concentrate on his word. Because I do know this. Grace dispels fear through the promises of God. Why are there promises in God? You know, you can't work for them. Could you work for your salvation? can't work for your salvation but when it comes to other promises we think we can work for your healing really think you can work for your healing work for the provision that God says he made you the head and not the tail above and not beneath whatever you put your hand to shall surely prosper you know you say well we have to work for that yeah I understand you have to work but this is what I believe in Deuteronomy says that God's given you power to get wealth The Old Covenant says that. God's given you power so you can get wealth. New Testament, God has provided everything. He's put wealth on the inside of you. Now you need to take the wisdom to make what that wealth is on the inside of you and manifest it on the outside of you. Does that make sense? That's a lot better than saying, you know, I just got to work this, I got to work this. No, wealth is inside of you. Everybody who believes in Jesus has the wealth of God inside. You're wealthy. Every child of God has the same healing power of Jesus on the inside of them. You think Jesus, when he came to live inside of you, he says, oh, wait a minute. I got to drop off my healing. And, and, you know, and I'm dropping off my prosperity. I'm just dropping off my supernatural ability here. Now I'm going to come and live inside of you. That's, the way, that's how we react, is it not? Ow. It's how we react. When God says, if I come and make my house in you and I abide in you, I'm bringing all that I am with me. And what is Jesus? He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who healeth. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. He's everything, and everything has come to live inside of us. The problem is, as a church, as a people, as a person, we do not have the revelation or the know-how, it seems like, to what is in here to be manifested out here. It's a journey. It's a faith move. But I know one thing. It's easier to believe 
to get what's in here manifested out here than it is to say it's out there and, and I've got to find it. I've got to get something. I've got to do it. I've got to climb that mountain. No, honey. Let's sit in that chair. Lift. Understand how much God loves you. And believe the promises. Believe them. Have faith for them. To see that they will not be manifested. Hallelujah. One last one. I love this scripture, John 16, 33. Jesus said we're going to have trouble. He did. He says, I've told you these things. This is one of the last things Jesus said before he left. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, everybody in the world, in the world you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have distress. You're going to have frustration. Thank God there's a, a but after that. But like I said, here's the good news. When it comes to God, he'll say, yeah, you're going to have all kinds of hell breaking loose. But, everybody say, but, <laughs> but, be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. Why? For I've overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Jesus conquered poverty. He conquered cancer. He conquered COVID. He conquered everything. He conquered the headache. He conquered the cold. He conquered it all. And why did he do that? Because he had some kind of infirmity. He did it for you and me. He did that for you and me. He conquered poverty for you and me. He conquered everything for you and me. He came for you and me so that we can have victory on planet Earth. Not when we get to heaven. We got to quit believing that, ladies and gentlemen, and say, man, I hope God comes soon. I'm believing for the rapture. I'm believing for God to come back. That's all fine and dandy, but we're here in the nasty and now. And God wants you to know that he's made provision for the nasty and now. He said it right here. I've deprived of its ability to harm you. Be cur- That's why you can be joyful. That's why you can be undaunted. I love that word. Undaunted means, you know, bullets are flying by you and you just, you're standing there. You hear him, and you don't, you don't even move. Like you can't hurt this, you can't touch this. This is such a great scripture. Get all that's the amplified classic. Jesus has overcome the world. That's why Paul said in Acts twenty twenty four, none of these things move me. Paul went through hell and back. You talk about some guy that, man, aren't you glad you're not Paul? Holy cow. Snake bit, in prison for two years. They killed him with stones, got stoned. Did all kinds of, imp- I mean, the dude shipwrecked, spent a day and a night in the ocean. That's not a fun day. That's a bad hair day. He did all of that. And you know what he says? None of these things moving. How can Paul say something like that? He understood and had a revelation of the love of God. He says, I don't even count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. He didn't just want to, most of us just want to finish our race. Dear Lord Jesus, I just want to get to when I'm 80, I'm out of here. No, he says, don't just finish your race. 
Finish your race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. He wanted to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Can't work for it. Can't do anything to attain it. You just have to believe it. Amen. Let's stand. Amen, amen, and amen. Is that good news for you? Is that good, good news for you? Get a hold of that. In the time of difficulties, we're going to take courage. We're going to be joyful because God has conquered it for us. Amen. Father, I pray for each and every person. I believe for our eyes to be opened up. We don't totally understand, God. But I thank you that we can ask you, we can go on this journey as a church family for the unveilings to come, for the scales to fall off of our, of our eyes, for the doubt and unbelief to fall by the wayside, and we will be strong people of faith, receiving and manifesting all of the untold promises of God. We thank you, Lord, that you're helping us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.